0: How's it going? Ah, uh, you know.
1: Excellent. Welcome to Bad Movies Rock. Megan, thank you. Welcome to Bad Movies Rock. Thank you very much. A professional podcast done by professional people. Absolutely. Every time. Every without fail. Time,
0: without fail. We are professionals. hmm I don't think I know what that word means. No, probably not. Which means I can define it any way I want to. I'm pretty sure, sure that's how that works. If sure, you don't think... know what something is beforehand, you get to choose what it is after.
1: Yeah, that's how I use words.
0: Yeah, I mean, but then you're a white person, so I think that's kind of like a uh, I get modus I operandi. Want. You get yeah, to yeah. just
1: discover and name whatever you damn well please. Yeah. Hmm. Amber, have I apologized lately for <laughs> white people just in general being the absolute worst and takers of everything? Always. Yeah.
0: I mean, I don't feel like that's completely necessary. I'd have to apologize half the time, too, and that just seems like a lot of work. Yeah, but, you know. I think it's better to just... You know, say it with your eyes. Sure. Yeah. 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 I see it there. I see it there.
1: Did you? Okay, good. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> Speaking of eyes, Amber. <laughs> <laughs> see? It's a beautiful segue. Thank you. So natural. So the naturalist. We um we watched Now You See Me too. And there's a lot of this movie that has to do with the eye. The eye.
0: Mm-hmm. The eyes. The eyes. Mm-hmm can be lied to, Megan, as yeah. the movie lets us know in the beginning. Believe, be li- lie, be
1: lie, lie, lie
0: is in the word believe, it's <laughs> be <live. laughs>
1: i enjoyed all of that i'm I'm making fun of it now but i i thoroughly enjoyed the whole opening bit (laughs) the optical illusion opening bit are they saints or are they thieves oh my gosh when you turn the word upside down and put it in a certain font it's the same
0: word
1: i liked it i liked it a lot but i i like those like illusiony things where you think everything's on one plane of whatever but turns out the word lie is sticking up and the rest of the words and believe are painted on the ground and so when you look at it a different angle it's totally something else. So you like being lied to. You I like do. to be live. I do. The opening scene really sets the stage. It really does. It questions kind of our our eyes and what you know, is what we see what we believe, Amber? No. Do now we see them? We do not now we see them, but
0: we now we see them too. Instead of, now we don't. Mm -hmm. We we now we see them
1: too. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, apparently... um, We now we see
0: them again.
1: (laughs) Apparently the director really fought for um, now you don't, but... um, Actually, now you see me colon now you don't, but...
0: I mean, they they still could have kept the now you see me brand that they apparently are so freaking fond of.
1: All right, so the plot of this movie... <clears throat> I'm sure I can do just as good of a job as last time, where I made it very coherent what the plot was.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. You did an amazing job because the plot itself was so ex- like self-explanatory. It was yeah. really linear. It made a lot of sense. Wrapped everything up neatly.
1: Yeah, same thing with this. It's yeah. not
0: even going to take your skill, which is which is you have a lot of skill
1: in doing yeah. this. I feel like you can you can sleepwalk your way through this. All right, I'm just gonna close my eyes and let my mouth do the talking. All right. <laughs> it's been a year since wait, now you wait see one. Wait a minute. How,
0: how involved
1: are your eyes in general <laughs> when you're talking? Well, sometimes I'm looking at my notes, and sometimes I'm looking at Wikipedia. Okay, okay, um, okay, okay. So you do have visual aids. I apologize. I, I was I sometimes just do yeah. not entirely clear how <laughs> my eyes
0: <laughs> were really going to help with. No, that's no, uh, Now with I understand notes, that that, yeah. that was a nice behind the scenes glimpse for me. I apologize. I interrupted. Please
1: recontinue. No, no, no. So it's been a year since the um, amazing magical events of Now You See Me 1. And um, we learned that Isla Fisher has um, left because, well, in real life, because she, the actress was pregnant. Um, but uh, in fake life, um, because she made a plea to the secret organas- organization, The Eye, and they released her.
0: Yes, Ooh. and they're wondering that there's speculation as to whether or not it was because she got tired of waiting for what the grand purpose was going to be or because she was just really, really sick of Jesse Eisenberg's character.
1: Cut I could believe either one. And they do not clarify. They, <laughs> they just let not. it go. Yep. Mm-hmm. One Respect. or the other. <laughs> so we do get uh, Lizzie Kaplan entering as Lula. And um, she makes it very clear that she is the uh, token lady in this. Yeah, she does acknowledge her own tokenism. Mm-hmm.
0: She, she announces herself as, I'm the new horseman. I'm the lady horseman.
1: <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> um, we find out that, let's see, Mark Ruffalo is still at the FBI. It seems like he's been kind of doing some misdirecting about what the horsemen are going to be up to next. Um, we find that the horsemen are apparently getting kind of frustrated because they don't know what the next move is. Um, so we find out that they're going after a tech billionaire who is releasing some sort of phone technology that will also collect everybody's data and allow the company to spy on everybody all the time.
0: And They're, they- they're not even doing it personally. They, they, apparently they were going to sell it to the dark web. It wasn't like oh, they that. were even going to use it themselves.
1: Okay. They're yep. very bad
0: people. This isn't mm-hmm. about advertising better at you. This is, no, we're, we're evil. And we're going to give it directly to identity
1: thieves. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, so we have no, um, you know, no compunction when they go after this dude. But then the, they end up, um, their whole thing gets interrupted because um, Daniel Radcliffe, who... Is the son of Michael Caine and also part owner of this tech company? Is that true? Yes,
0: like the yeah, yeah silent anonymous part owner of this tech company who's yes. also
1: faked his death like Dave Franco did in the last movie mm-hmm, for reasons because mm-hmm. now he can anonymously control his companies via shareholding anonymousness.
0: Yes, he's the man behind the curtain who does not want to be seen. Exactly. The magicians are the ones in front of the cur- curtain who want to be seen, but they don't want you to see what they don't want you to see until they
1: want you to see it. Magic. Magic. So um, Daniel Radcliffe um, essentially steals them, brings them uh, to Macau, and um, tasks them with stealing a technology chip that will help them take over the informational world, essentially.
0: I mean it's it's the modern day omni Magoober.
1: Yeah, it's a Magoober It's, for it's sure. a
0: backdoor into every computer. There that's mm-hmm. always that's always the thing. It's the yep. backdoor, it's a key, it's a code, it's a it's a literal playing card
1: sized oh, chip. Why do you mm-hmm. say that, Amber?
0: Oh I don't know, Megan. Perhaps we'll find
1: out later. <laughs> so um he essentially Uh, Daniel Radcliffe tells the four horsemen that um, he will murder them if they don't steal this chip for him. And uh, the four horsemen go and steal the chip. There's um, antics about, um, are they going to steal the chip? Are they going to um, give the chip to Daniel Radcliffe? Or are they going to bring the chip to the eye? And um, they end up doing some trickery and do the thing that they kind of did in in the A-team where they have the bad guys expose themselves while the media is watching and then like drop the curtains and show the bad guys that they were all in a staged play. And they just admitted to like all their crimes in front of the public and the media. Um, they also um, kind of a fun part is they do meet some folks who are in the eye. They meet Lee, who's played by Jay Shao and, uh, Boo Boo, who's played by Sai Chin, who are um, owners of the oldest magic store in the world. Is that what they say? I, I do believe, yes. The world. Yeah. Yep. Who, um, you know, on the surface sell parlor tricks, but are in fact members of the Eye.
0: The magical, mystical Eye. Mm hmm. Yes. Lots of things things and stuff magic magic evil guys mm-hmm. exposing evil guys
1: yeah trickery morgan freeman's in there you think he's a bad guy then he turns out to be on their side on the four horsemen's side so good times this is completely not at all confusing
0: very coherent description as i'm sure all you really need to yeah exactly have moving forward so yeah let's just go to the critics corner i think you I- you get it you basically Excellent. just watched Now You See Me too. You're welcome. Yep. Mm-hmm. Amber, what did
1: Metacritic have to say? Critics at 46. Oh. Audience at 63. Okay. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes, it was th- 34 for the critics and 53 for the audience score. Oh, my. Rotten Tomatoes was mad at this movie. Wow. They used a very, very different metric.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I mean, the to be fair, a lot of the reviews were scored in the 40s and 50s, so if you're just going fresh, not fresh, I can see how that would be skewed heavily
1: towards... Meow, sure. meow. Yep. Um. Yeah, I mean, I was a little bit surprised because I, I... I don't know. I thought this one had even more levity than the first one, Um, and there were reviews... Like, I forgave the first film for its faults because it was entertaining, but this one was not. I was like, this one was the last... Like, this one... Was essentially now you see me one with a different spin on it, and uh, yeah, I'm not sure how you didn't like the first one, but didn't like this one.
0: Yeah, the, the title was very clear. It is mm-hmm. now you see me again. It again. is it is you're gonna see more of that. Mm-hmm. We're not yep. gonna do anything new. Now you keep seeing me. You continue to see me. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Yep. Yeah, it's the narrative was just as incoherent. The choices that were made were just as seemingly pointless. And the tricks were just as kind of reality-bending and silly. Mm-hmm.
1: Agree, so I'm not agree. not sure... Agree. Yeah. I agree with all of that.
0: And all I in the positive it. column, uh-huh. all in the win column, all in the watch column. Yeah. But yeah, it, critically speaking, it, I mean, I guess you could get mad at it if you were kind of suspending disbelief the first time, and then the second time you expected them to, what, do better?
1: Right, yeah. It's still magic on tv or on you know film and so like yeah you can cgi whatever you want in film it's what, what i don't know mm. yeah i'm not really sure why it would take a,
0: a hit for just doing the same thing yeah if you i it, i don't think it was glaringly worse than the first one mm-hmm. in terms of
1: the things that they were complaining about plot pacing i don't realism. think so yeah. i mean it, it's it's long um, it is a, long <laughs> it's just over two hours long, and that's that's a little that's a little bit much, but we're glow popping here, Megan. We can't yeah. go under two hours if we're glow popping yeah I, I didn't feel like it dragged for me um no, no, this but... is not
0: the first time I've seen it, and it did not drag for me either, yeah
1: but then I have you to watch it with. <sighs> nothing drags with Megan. oh, thanks, amber. That's so nice of you to say,
0: yes, it is Brownie points saving them for later. <laughs> I'm probably going to (laughs) need (laughs) it.
1: True. So, yeah, so this movie also, let's see. um, Yeah, so this movie still just has Morgan Freeman as um, pretty much the one POC. Uh, They replaced Common with um, another woman um, who was also a woman of color. And they replaced um, one lady horsewoman for another lady horsewoman um they did with the addition of um jay chow and sai chin um kind of bring in this because they're in china for a whole bunch of this movie and they do have jesse eisenberg doing the white person thing of trying to communicate someone with someone who speaks a different language with you, like with hand motions and just talking louder. And slower. Don't forget and, slower. Oh, and slower, but of course. Um, <laughs> and they totally call him on it, and that's great. Yes, that is a fun moment.
0: So yeah, they, they do introduce slightly more diverse cast. That is mm-hmm. nice. Um, and And they could have easily done... The very common move of, yes, let's go to the oldest magic shop in the world. Mm -hmm. It's in Macau and it's run by white people.
1: Really glad they
0: didn't do that. It's a low bar. I get that it's a low Mm -hmm. bar, but I am really glad they didn't do that. Yes. And again, I also like it sort of like they did in the first movie by saying, oh, the eye was an Egyptian thing. Right. The oldest magic shop in the world is in China that also makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. yeah like it's just i i you know it's it's i i appreciate that the historical grounding is not stuck in european roots yes it's beautiful and logical and is the way that it should be because mm-hmm. you know
1: but Again, still super super low bar but they did clear it my bravo. bar is
0: so low <laughs> so so low and yet and yet some people still just Just crawl right under it.
1: Yeah, just (laughs) in the mud. So many
0: people would rather roll around in the mud than just hippy hoppy right over that low, low (laughs) bar.
1: Yeah. So thank Um, you. Now you see me too. Yeah. You didn't didn't use any terrible, terrible slurs in this one, so bravo, also. Uh, Yes, thank you
0: for that. Mm -hmm. Again, so low. You have to work to get under that
1: bar. Yeah, you do. But you did last time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So... I mean, again, this is another case where um I want to come up with a word for, I basically agree with everything the critics say, except I view it in a positive light where they think that it's a negative.
0: Oh yeah, we we were supposed to work on coming up with a word for that. Yeah, let's do a quick brainstorm. See if anything sticks. Hmm. Hmm.
1: I got nothing. a negativity. Like where you take some nega positivity, or you take something negative and you make it positive? Sure. Sure. Hey, uh, listeners, why don't you come up with some words for us? You can find <laughs> us on Twitter at badmoviesrock, and you can email us at bad rock podcast at gmail.com.
0: Yes, use those creative brains so that we don't have to pretend that we have creative brains. You exactly. don't want to hear us, what have I got a greasel knees
1: disagrees, disagrees
0: dis, 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 dis disagreement no agree and disagree are still in the same word i got nothing let me think let me think okay okay um um i've got nothing i bet tj would have something
1: oh, tj would have something
0: damn it tj damn it,
1: michael TJ. would have
0: something oh michael would definitely have something we can do this we can. we're just focused on something else yeah sure we're focused on on making the best podcast
1: ever perfect yeah well we'll, we'll leave that one on the table and uh We'll we'll figure it out later. Anywho, let's head out of the critics' corner. Bye, bye, critics'
0: corner. That's all I got for you, critics' corner.
1: Yeah, we had a fine,
0: fine dance today.
1: We did. Um. So yeah, this movie. Getting into favorite scenes. I don't know about you, but that opening
0: scene where a kid watches his dad die doing a magic trick. (laughs) Pretty great. That they flash great. back to I don't know like three or four times. Yes. Oh, yes. Dear. You'll hear you'll hear the echo of him screaming as a child as you look at Mark Ruffalo's character.
1: Oh, <laughs> hello, boy. childhood trauma. Childhood trauma's a calling. Yeah. They they press on that hard. Yeah. So <laughs> um, it's like a Disney movie. It
0: starts with a kid watching his dad yeah, die. Ends so with a man true. who's you know made some choices because of it. Mm-hmm
1: yeah so we go back in time and we see mark ruffalo's dad shrike um get into that faded safe and um get it was mentioned in the first movie Mm -hmm. so we get to see it all happen we get to see a little boy yell and cry um about his dad dying so cool great Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and morgan freeman's there
0: talking shit talking shit about lionel shrike Yep, and his exactly. his ineptitude and how he's a terrible musician magician and mm-hmm. possible musician mu- Yeah,
1: musician we know nothing about his musical talents we know nothing about his musical talents mm-hmm Where do we even go from there? Like, it's just kind of like childhood trauma. Okay, anyway, everybody's mad that they don't know what they're doing next.
0: Moving on. Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like kind of does that Disney movie opening, but then you're not necessarily completely focusing on Mark Ruffalo's character. So you have to kind of move on from that. But it's supposed to set the stage for why he is so mad at Morgan Freeman. Right. Who... In the first movie, like, okay, you know, he dunks on him hard. Harder yeah. than he dunks on anyone else, especially because Morgan Freeman didn't actually commit any crimes, unlike no. Michael Caine and, I guess, to a certain extent, the safe company that cut corners. right? But Morgan Freeman was just talking talking smack talk yeah. about a magician, and then Mark Ruffalo frames him for bank theft and yeah. leaves
1: him to rot in prison. Right, yeah. I mean, he, he essentially thinks that Morgan Freeman goaded his dad into doing a thing that he would never do, which isn't the case. His grown man making his own magical decisions. like
0: Yeah, I, I do enjoy that when, when you know, Mar- baby Mark Ruffalo's like, Dad, I don't want you to do it. And his father's like, hey, buddy,
1: this is what I do. I have to do it. I have to prove all the naysayers wrong. <laughs> Remember this. Remember that I am saying that Morgan Freeman is making me do this. Yeah. So, yeah. It's going to be fine. I've always got a trick up my
0: sleeve. If anything killed him, it was hubris, madam. Mm -hmm. Not Morgan Freeman. Especially since we learn at the end of the movie that Morgan Freeman and Mark Ruffalo's dad were a duo. They worked together. The Mm -hmm. act was naysayer and dreamer. Like, it's just... (laughs) yeah yeah
1: that's one of the big reveals at the end is that they were friends and that they found that it worked better for them to be like opposing each other and like hyping each other up Um, yeah so that whole 30
0: year vendetta that ended Mm -hmm. in framing a man was just crazy sauce
1: yeah I mean we knew that last time too but this kind of pokes at the fact that like no really dude like This was, you went wild on this one. You did go a bit buck wild,
0: especially since you're also an FBI agent. So So your compass is a bit skewed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mark Ruffalo worked really, really hard to get in a place where he could do the things he did. Like, it's not easy getting into the FBI, I I think. I mean, as far as I know, I'm not in it currently.
0: So it must be at least somewhat hard. Mm hmm. You don't just fall into it. I did not wake up
1: today an FBI agent, so there's there are steps. You've gotta be. Oh, here's a thing that's true. Um <laughs> Woody Harrelson's twin brother is in this movie. Yes, he is. We, we get twice the Woody Harrelson we that we did last time, do. at least. Yeah, we've got Merritt's brother Chase, um, who has um the whitest, fakest teeth and a bunch of curly hair on his head. And just an outlook
0: on life that is really happy with himself. Mm-hmm. It, I, what is what is it? Self-satisfied. He has Aye. this joyously self-satisfied attitude towards life. He has the same skills, perhaps even greater skills, than his brother. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, he's mentioned in the first movie, mm-hmm. briefly, as having stolen all of our original how do we how we they're both woody harrelson
1: yeah a merit it's it's yeah yeah merit. his
0: character's name is merit so the merit character from mm-hmm. the first movie is is his his brother cleaned him out and that's what ruined his career initially right and now he comes back to ruin
1: him again mm-hmm. he's working with daniel radcliffe and uh michael Caine. thank you wow mm-hmm. yes um apparently i i learned by reading that um those were not surprisingly, fake teeth in Chase's mouth, and Woody Harrelson would just do all kinds of weird things to gross out his um, his castmates. While in- <laughs> while he had those teeth in his mouth, he'd like continually like chomp uh, with them, or like bear them, or like run his teeth on them. And yeah, there's one scene I definitely want to talk about, which I found to be um, one of the the most charming scenes which is the um obviously the chip that they had to steal from this big technology place was card sized and so amber they had to do card tricks the entire like for 10 like, minutes they did card so tricks
0: many minutes <laughs> did they do sleight of hand card tricks it was a very prolonged scene that is made all the funnier because it seems to have been completely superfluous when it comes to the actual plot of the movie so they are tasked by daniel radcliffe following their abduction to to steal this chip otherwise they die we've mentioned Mm -hmm. this yes they plan this heist they have to go in It has to all be plastic. There's a metal detector. It's a whole deal. But they have a plan. So they take the place of this South African buyer and they con their way inside. Mm -hmm. And then they get the chip. But uh uh-oh. The guy who works there is suspicious when they get the chip. Yeah. So then he orders the guards to search them. Uh for a solid 10 minutes. And while he's searching them, they have to continually move this chip, which has been stuck to a playing card, Mm -hmm. around so that they can't see it from where they're patting them down. So it's in the front of their hand and it's the back of their hand and it's under the hair and that it's in the bra and that it's in the sleeve and then it's down inside the shirt and then it's... Oh, then they toss it to the other person who's Mm -hmm. also getting searched. Megan, I just... I can't.
1: And they had they had a a pat cam, so like you could see inside Jesse Eisenberg's um, like shirt sleeve as he was being patted down, and he was wiggling his arms just so that the card was wiggling enough in front of the pat down that it was just it was like a car chase, but like with a card. And And we got the inside cam view. (laughs) (laughs) And then it really seemed like someone was almost done being pat down. And then they flung it to the next person who was just beginning to be padded down. Like It really made no sense. Yes, it, w- it
0: starts with Dave Franco, he gets the full pad down, and then he tosses it off.
1: Uh-huh, yep, yep. It's, yeah, it's, it's astounding. And apparently a lot of these, most of this was actual cl- card-flinging um, fun and games, so...
0: It took actual skill, yes. Mm-hmm. You, you told me that, that Dave Franco actually kept up with the card manipulation tricks in between movies, and so Correct. a lot of it was actually him hand-manipulating the card. Yeah, he
1: really did learn the thing where he flicks the card from his hand and then catches it with his mouth by, like, going and sucking in air. and then it's Ah, like, yes, the old mm-hmm. suck
0: and blow. Mm-hmm.
1: The old suck and blow, Amber. I've um. decided it is a thing.
0: <laughs> I think I saw it once in a movie. It's like a party game yes i don't know
1: yeah i've definitely seen that before Mm -hmm. yeah so it's just it's apparently it took weeks to shoot and like it does go on in the movie for quite a long time and like i get it it took a lot of time to shoot they did like real practical effects for most of it i personally was delighted by it i read some things online where they're like this is dumb and i'm like but I would have watched it for another five minutes.
0: That is exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. I would have watched this forever. I believe is what you said. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. I. It is. It's very good. It's very wily and tongue in cheek and ultimately wholly absurd. Yes. Because. Uh huh. They leave here. Then they realize later that mm-hmm. they actually don't have the chip. It's a fake. Yes. But then when it comes to the final, you know big show and daniel radcliffe appears to have captured them takes the chip off of them to test it Mm -hmm. it's the real chip and all of them are surprised what it's real they say out loud
1: yeah audibly yeah they they did say the things i was reading online reminded me that that whole um computer plane setup was all something they did ahead of time so they could have tricked the reader into saying that it was the real chip and they wanted it to say it's the real chip so that they anyway. would let
0: their guard down and, and yeah. throw them out of the plane no of course
1: right but yes
0: what was the purpose of their surprise then
1: i don't know that's a the, good question the, the four
0: horsemen believe they have a fake chip yeah. they believe they're handing him a fake chip and uh-huh. And then they're surprised when it's not the fake chip. If they wanted Audibly him to think so. it was the real chip, then mm-hmm. then to what end would it be to for them to fake surprise? I don't know. It's very confusing. They do see... I don't understand why it was ever maybe fake, because that served
1: no purpose. And at the very, very end, we find out the guy who was suspicious of them and made the whole, like... um searching pat down searching happen was actually a member of the eye and he yes. was he made it happen like what at the end of the movie they're brought to i guess some sort of eye headquarters uh-huh.
0: where they get to see all of these models in pictures of all the things they've been doing mm-hmm. and the heists they've had to perform and, and so you're led to believe that these people have just been watching them do all of this yes shit, maybe helping them but ultimately it kind of seems like they were straight up hindering them yeah, just for shits and giggles, because that guy, very specifically, made it much harder for them to leave with, I guess, a fake chip. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's I. But it's... why? Yeah. But
0: why? And then did he give them, like, slip them the real chip later, or was it always the real was chip? It always the real chip. I was don't... it
1: always a fake chip? Was there and never a
0: chip? The point. Maybe that's the point, Megan. Maybe our minds are supposed to be boggled, and and we're not supposed to know what was real and what was fake, and life itself is an illusion, and we can't be live what our eyes tell us.
1: Yes, Amber. Yeah,
0: you're right. (laughs) It was also pointless. I just, it was, so the whole thing was just to fuck with them? The whole thing was specifically to fuck with the magicians and then be like, okay, now you're in.
1: Uh-huh. I mean, we
0: said you were in before, but that was, I mean, come on. We yeah. left you just doing nothing, spinning your wheels for a year. You yeah. weren't really in. But now you are. Now you're
1: really, really in. Mm-hmm. An elaborate hazing magic ritual. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's, um. yeah. It, I'm honestly it's...
0: surprised Woody Harrelson's brother wasn't also a member of the Eye. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a little bit I thought he was going to be actually in on it, like on the on the four horsemen side, because he was like, still loved his brother. But he thought he was throwing his brother out of a literal plane. And he exactly. was like, he thought he murdered his brother and he had n- he was going to drink champagne afterwards.
0: Like, yes, in- instead of being sadistically in on it, like the rest of the eye, mm-hmm. he was just sadistic. Yeah, it's just a fratricidal monster. Yeah, it's yep who worked for british sociopaths yeah like you do like you do ah so absurd mm-hmm.
1: but beautifully executed so. yeah all of
0: it was beautifully executed
1: Those final shows that they do in London? I want to talk about those, yes. Yeah,
0: let's talk about those.
1: Yeah, so, you know, uh, the one thing I do want to say is that there was more, um, before we get to the final shows, there was more um, Mark Ruffalo doing magic fights, which, um, again, delighted me. It's like magician fights where, like, I'm handcuffed. No, you're handcuffed, and like it's just—it's very silly and mm-hmm, delightful. Mm-hmm.
0: Come at me, bro. Oh, that was a mirror. Come at me, bro. Oh, that was a window. Come at me, bro. Oh,
1: I've been replaced no, really, you by a rabbit. Come, I've yeah.
0: been replaced by yeah. I've been <laughs> replaced by a rabbit and gone down a trapdoor.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. Yes. So the four horsemen decide that they are going to do some preliminary magic shows to lead up to a big reveal, which is revealing that Daniel Radcliffe is alive and bad. Um, So they all go to London, obviously. On New Year's, because gravity and Mm -hmm. I guess coincidental timing. Yes. So three of the horsemen decide to do these preliminary shows to get the public all hyped up and to essentially give away a little bit of how they're going to do the last final trick. Like the idea is like, pay attention to these first tricks because it will give you insight into our final finale trick. Just like they did in the first one.
0: Exactly. And you'll feel like that much more of an idiot when you're
1: duped. Yeah, exactly. Michael Caine and Daniel Radcliffe. Mm-hmm. They um very much, the Four Horsemen are very much like, public entertainers and they they work to get the public on their side so that they get these crowds of people cheering for them um and i think that that's like i mean that's their deal they're kind of robin hoodie type folks where they steal from the uh, very rich and give to the people who deserve it or expose people who are doing bad stuff so dave franco is doing a real life um Card trick, and by real life, I mean he has these like people-sized card stand-ups, and he has two people playing, um, the jacks, and one person playing the queen, and then he keeps like having them—they hide behind the cards, and then they shift over, and then obviously, you know, the queen's not where you think she should be, and he's doing it by like deception and like fake walls and like a trap door and like twins. <laughs> It was twins this whole time. It was twins, Amber. It's, it's always not never twins were twins. <laughs> yes, Dave Franco is life size three card Monty. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's uh it, it's quite amusing. Um and then um Jesse Eisenberg is playing God with the rain.
0: Yes. Except I'm
1: I'm not sure. So essentially he's they're in London, it's raining, he says, you know, this is a magic trick that I can be better than God, and I can make the rain stop, and then all of a sudden the rain stops, and then I can make it go sideways, and I can make it go up, and I can make it go wild. Um, and apparently it was all done with um, rain machines?
0: Which strobe lights. They needed the rain lights. machines to create rain,
1: because as you will have noticed, it was raining nowhere else in right. London. Exactly. So um yeah, strobe light effects made it look like it the rain was staying still, I guess. And yeah, anyway. And then he disappears into a puddle. Oh, Dave Franco disappears um into a um like thousand cards. And then um and then Lizzie Kaplan never really gets to finish her trick. She is going to make a a barge move from one side of the river to the other um but instead she's just playing with pigeons and having them come out of people's crotches and such
0: yes yeah she's doing her her silly magic
1: mm-hmm. yep um and then she just kind of disappears um into a, a she shakes out about 40,000 pigeons from her coat and then disappears mm-hmm. yeah, thereabouts roughly 40,000 uh-huh yeah uh-huh yeah yes the trick is, is is cut short because Woody Harrelson's twin is on to them. And so the whole idea is that they meant to get caught, and then there's this whole thing with motorcycles and, like, real gun shooting. Like, they took a lot of risks to be caught without actually being murdered.
0: Three big shows, all misdirection, but also seeds. Seeds planted in the fertile mind of the curious and and, and the hopeful, Mm -hmm. and then all intended to lead up to this moment of being very violently captured Yes. You're right. There was real motorcycle crashes and guns
1: at play. And explosions and, like, they could have been outright murdered just right right then. Luckily, they weren't. But guess what, Amber? They're not really on a plane. Well, they are in a plane, but they're not really in the sky, Amber. The plane takes off, but... What did they use? Doesn't really take off because rain
0: machines and strobe oh. lights.
1: Oh, my goodness. And we apparently
0: and... three card Monty and I guess doves. Doves. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the doves are about. Hard to say. Plane wasn't in the air. They were surrounded by, I guess, the eye, the, the team of the uh-huh. eye that was there to help them. Because, of course, the eye was always there to help them if they always. just proved themselves and wanted mm-hmm. it badly enough. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I don't know. Yep. So yeah, now they have like a full crew to help them pull off this this epic, epic trickery illusion and also then help them escape the FBI, who is still hunting them still this entire them. time.
1: Yes, absolutely. And um, when Dave Franco um, hypnotized Chase, um, the bad Woody Harrelson, he basically just implanted into him, throw us off the plane. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> because it was Chase's idea to just... Toss them off the plane after the they had, you know, of course, like, clips back and forth. And then they realized that the chip was good. And so they said, let's just get rid of them and throw them off the plane instead of shooting them. And, um, of course, they're just thrown onto a padded mat, like, four feet below. Um, yes,
0: thank goodness they were thrown off that plane that wasn't actually in the air and was uh-huh. completely surrounded by
1: their own people. Right,
0: how important was that move? I guess just to prove that they were willing to kill people?
1: Yeah, I guess. Right. Because they got them to admit to everything and everything's being filmed, of course. But- um but they needed the extra,
0: extra impetus of, of attempted murder. I'm not entirely sure how, why it was important that they yeah. throw them off the plane. Well, that It was so important that they yeah. needed Dave Franco to quick hypnotize Woody Harrelson's twin.
1: I guess, I mean, one could say that there were other folks on the plane, like Michael Caine's bodyguards and stuff that had real guns. And so getting them off the plane without being shot. Sure.
0: Yeah, no, I guess it was, it was a safety issue. I guess sure it, it all makes sense i don't know why i'm questioning this see it's
1: i there's the masterfully answer masterfully
0: done masterfully mm-hmm. done then they do their final explaining everything that happened oh. taking a bow dunking on michael kane and mm-hmm. daniel
1: radcliffe and then fleeing from the fbi just in the nick of time and then disappearing um well and it's funny because the fbi's you know says stop you're surrounded and of course they disappear and it's like come on fbi like have they- you learned nothing have you learned nothing like <laughs> you can't catch they a have magician
0: a like, that doesn't want to be caught. That's the thing. You can't catch a magician that doesn't want to be caught. Morgan Freeman, he wanted to be caught because he was... What, what was the explanation for oh him gosh. allowing Mark Ruffalo to catch him? It was... I was so disappointed in you, basically, that you were so bent on this 30-year revenge that I just didn't want to tell
1: you and welcome you to the eye or something along those lines. But I think it was also... Didn't he also say that it was, like, guilt and shame, too? Didn't he also, like, part of it was... the guilt and shame were
0: entirely about why he didn't tell him beforehand. Oh, Like, when he was a
1: kid. Right. That they were partners. Gotcha. And Mark Ruffalo wasn't ready When he first put him in jail, but when he when Mark Ruffalo came back the second time to um, Morgan Freeman's jail, he was ready because he was ready to put aside his childhood trauma in order to help the four horsemen. So he was ready. He was ready. And now he's ready to lead the eye. I guess so. But as he, as Morgan Freeman stepping aside and said, "It's now your turn," he says, "Also find a successor. <laughs> like, it's like it's your turn now, but also find somebody else. Who knows how long you'll be alive?
0: I, I guess." guess. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
0: yeah, delightful. It all makes sense. Okay, one thing though. Uh huh. What well, just one? Yes, just the one thing, just the only one niggling thing. Everything else mm-hmm. makes perfect sense. It is completely satisfactory. In the first movie, Morgan Freeman continues to express contempt for Mark Ruffalo's father. Yeah, like he he actively is like Lionel Shrike was a second-rate magician. He never should have attempted that trick to Mark Ruffalo, I believe, yeah. to his face and. That's right. He said he knew exactly who he was from the beginning. And yeah. he he's made it clear that they were friends. So I don't like maybe he's so mad at him for still being mad up. I don't know, yeah, Megan. But
1: it's it's you would think that like after Shrike is dead, wouldn't you just soften up a little bit and be like just That was it... my
0: friend. Yeah, <laughs> I mean... d- drop the act. It kind of doesn't serve its purpose anymore since no. you don't your rival's now dead, so I guess you won? I don't... Yeah. Whatever. It just makes the reveal that they makes... were friends mm-hmm. that much more confusing and unlikely. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. <laughs>
1: <laughs> magic. 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 The magic of friendship. Right. And and it was also revealed that... So um, Mark Ruffalo takes Morgan Freeman out of jail because Morgan Freeman says that they need him to find the four horsemen um in china and so then he's still morgan freeman is still playing the bad guy but he's also leading mark ruffalo to the um place where his father left behind a watch and for him and shows him the safe that his dad died in and <laughs> like okay
0: what okay yes yes he does do that uh-huh and then Mark Ruffalo, coincidentally, yes. when Michael Caine and Daniel Radcliffe decide to exact their revenge on him, uh-huh. they stick him in that safe and drop him to the bottom of the river. Uh-huh. But oh, thank goodness Morgan Freeman put him in a position to be able to inspect the safe and, and get one of his father's old watches. Right. Because that's how you get out of the safe. Of course, he didn't do it fast enough and drowned. And thankfully, the four horsemen showed up to bring him out of the water. But uh-huh. it shows Morgan Freeman with Michael Caine after that scene. which And Michael Caine tells him, thank you for serving up Mark Ruffalo to me. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. Which means mm-hmm. that most likely... Morgan Freeman suggested to Michael Caine yes. that he use the safe as a form of poetic justice mm-hmm. and yep. just outright psychological cockfuckery. Yeah. Which means that Morgan Freeman the entire time is a sadistic prankster. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's
1: just keep, like teaching Mark Ruffalo evil, mean lessons. Die in the same safe your dad did. I hope you figure out the be, riddle before you be better drown. than your dad.
0: Or like this is, well, I mean, and then afterwards when they're having their heart to heart of, oh, you were the man behind the curtain the whole time. Why didn't you tell me you weren't ready, but you had to hit rock bottom literal bottom of the river, rock bottom. You had to quite literally drown and die in the self-same way your father did. Mm-hmm. Yep. And in order for you to be ready, you had to be reborn through excessive trauma. <laughs> yep. It's, it is amazing that they don't come out and say it, but they do make it clear that Morgan Freeman put Mark Ruffalo in the position to be drowned in that safe. Right. Right, and you... how would Michael Caine have even known, known to use that, known about his father's story? Like, there's, oh my God, clearly Morgan Freeman suggested of
1: course, that. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like the suggestion of being thrown, flowing... it's like being thrown out of the plane. You need a way for Mark Ruffalo to die without really dying. Although there's also a chance that he really will die without being like shot by Michael Caine and Daniel Radcliffe. So the easiest answer of course drown him in the same safe his dad drowned in it's amazing
0: yeah. the freaking world of secret magician sh- societies are scary and cutthroat for the members yeah it's terrifying to be a member of the eye friends it's terrifying to be Cause... friends <laughs> Yeah, because they, they make it very clear at the end that all of the stuff that they went through, they were being watched and or actively forced to go through those things mm-hmm. by the society that they apparently belonged to. I love this movie. I love how evil and twisted and diabolical this <laughs> movie is beneath itself and its bones. Yeah. It's pure evil. I mm-hmm. mean, honestly, come for the awesome rock star tricks. Stay for the diabolical tomfoolery.
1: Yeah. I totally agree. Holy crap! This movie is genius. So genius, Amber. Now, how would you translate to the rock scale? Oh. Regrettable, outstanding, craze balls, or K? Thank goodness we have such a versatile scale. Yes. You
0: know, I mean, it's there's really there's a color for every occasion. Yes. Okay, it's not outstanding. Let's just put that put that to bed okay. straight away. Not Fair. outstanding. It's not just K though, because no. I. I meant what I said. It's it it is a, a delightful spectacle of ridiculousness and mm-hmm. and and crazy CGI, but sometimes skill based magic. I like it. I like the illusions. It's glitzy. It's glamorous. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of substance until yes. you look beneath the hood, as you and I have done. Uh huh. I feel like it might be Crazeballs K and not a K Crazeballs. I yeah. feel like we're you know it's 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 flawed. It's not pure Crazeball. High jinxery, but mm-hmm.
1: there's a lot to it, right? And when and you
0: pop the hood and you see that there's nitrous and arsenic under there, yep, there's I'm a, into it,
1: there's throwing off the plane and uh, die in your father's watery grave, yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, yes, at the behest of your mentor and secret society guru wizard, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I I would say this movie's mostly craze balls. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I loved the card trick scene, which was so ridiculous. I loved, um, you know, the whole reveal at the end, the individual magic tricks. Like, I don't know why, but this movie felt a lot more fun to me than the first one. Like, they're just like... I think
0: maybe because they didn't have to focus so much on chasing the four horsemen. They focused on the four horsemen and the tricks and the construction. Like it was more heists and time with them than it was Mark Ruffalo and Interpol. Mark Ruffalo being an absolute fucking dick in the FBI. (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. To the the Interpol cop who's, who's just gone. We don't see her ever again. Yeah. Didn't they kiss at the end of that? Whatever. It doesn't
1: matter. Apparently to this movie, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I think I like this one better. Yeah, I do too. And don't worry, Amber. Um possibly next year we're gonna get a now you see me three.
0: Oh, let's now you three. That me. In. Now you three me. Oh dear. <laughs> this time they're the ones fucking with people psychologically on a deep and traumatic level.
1: Yay! Uh delayed fall. Excellent. Yeah. And there's a chance that um Jay Chu, um who plays Lee, um might be in a spin-off series that will be about magicians, but focus kind of more with a um, with a Chinese cast. I would watch the hell out of that. yeah, be delightful,
0: and not just because they're a beautiful, beautiful human being. Mm-hmm. yeah, and very multi-talented singer, songwriter, director, actor,
1: yeah, amazing.
0: They have it all, man, all the things all the things so Megan yes Amber time for an Abby story do it do it now talk about Abby talk about it talk about it and by it I mean your adorable niece okay human and not an object as (laughs) it might have suggested
1: it is now you yes (laughs) how the tables have turned (laughs) so quickly and by yourself so Abby um likes to sneak up on people sometimes And um, she does so by getting out of their field of view and then very carefully tiptoeing towards them, saying, sneaky, 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 and then coming into your full view, still tiptoeing and still saying sneaky until she's right in front of you. And she says, surprised, surprised. So
0: she basically provides a narrative. Yes, both for herself and for her intended victim. And for you, you are now She's surprised. She's being sneaky. Mm-hmm. You are now surprised. Exactly. She's telling a story. It's 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 living art. Mm-hmm. She isn't she is a performance artist.
1: I absolutely agree with this. I love this. Mm-hmm. By the
0: way, I absolutely yeah. love this. Has she done it to you yet? No, she is not. Okay. I yeah. have not been so honored. <laughs> Now I'm feeling a little sad. Yeah, it's fair. Apparently, I've never been surprised. Yeah, one day, Amber. Um, Amber, have you have you a recommendation? My recommendation is educational. Excellent. educational So there's 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 an article up on AV Club called "I Celebrated Native American Heritage Month by called I Celebrated Native American Heritage <laughs> Month by Ruining a Comedy Podcast." It is written by Joey Clift. And they are a registered member of the Cowlitz Indian tribe. And they were asked to come on a comedy podcast where they were discussing a video game called Custer's Revenge. It's an old Atari game where the player, as the ghost of General Custer, rapes a Native American woman for points. It was an episode they were doing in honor of Thanksgiving. The video game podcast in general talks about terrible games, but there were so many things wrong with having on, I believe... That that Joey was their first native guest, having them on specifically for this game, having this game under discuss like being discussed for their Thanksgiving episode. Mm-hmm. There, there were so many things that these two white podcasters yeah. had done not well. Yep. And Joey Clift essentially writes a really good article about not just what they said on the podcast, but how hard it was to make the choice to appear on the podcast and to do what they did mm-hmm. and to to basically take it as, a, as an opportunity to to explain to the hosts and to anybody listening what was done wrong like how this is very clearly tokenism and and how this is taking like native people in this country are, are kind of often and, and they mention this referred to as the invisible minority
1: mm-hmm. they
0: are they're usually not seen and when they are they are seen in very specific prescribed stereotypical roles and it's 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 not good for so nope. very, very, very many reasons, mm-hmm. um, and and so it's it's I, I found the article very, very important because I, I think a lot of people interact with the moment of discomfort mm-hmm. of being kind of on the receiving end of having done something racially or socially or culturally insensitive, and and it's it's difficult to be on the receiving end of that. Sure, of of having made a misstep and and having somebody be in the position of, of telling you you've made a misstep and even when they do it really well and, and in a way where you can learn from it and you receive it well and you do yeah. learn from it and you know become a better stronger person from that uncomfortable interaction what often gets forgotten is how shitty it is for the person on the receiving end <laughs> of the racially insensitive moment yeah. or the culturally insensitive moment or the gender-based insensitive moment or mm-hmm. the you, you know it, essentially It's not fun to be in that position, one, of having to feel that way Mm -hmm. and two, having to decide how am I going to respond to this and how are they going to respond to my response and what are going to be the material consequences of how I choose to respond to this, how well I respond to it and how well it's received and in who is my audience and what are my goals. And and it's it, it, it can be so debilitating to be in a position to have to decide how uncomfortable to make somebody and mm. whether or not it's going to be good for you personally or your community or your career or your mm-hmm. education and and so it's it's it was a good window onto what it does to a person and 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 the thoughts that get that have to be processed and the things that have to be done the preparations that have to be made To then make other people uncomfortable too and why it's important to make other people uncomfortable and how you can really push the needle in through discomfort like discomfort is not something we should shy away from it's not something we should automatically get offended or defensive about it it is really important because some of these conversations are just uncomfortable Yep. and sometimes we do just make mistakes i do all the time call me out on them i'll get sad about it because oh man i wish i hadn't done that but also if if somebody's taking the time to educate me i i want to be grateful for that moment and so mm-hmm. i think this this article is a a good moment of that so the the article is i celebrated native american heritage Mon- month by ruining a po- comedy podcast it's up on the av club and the the author is joy clift and the episode that he was on is an earwolf series called how did this get played um, yeah and it's it's embedded in the article yep
1: yeah. yeah the um having read it i mean there's yeah, there's so much to this, and there's so much to like the burden that of educating individual, usually white people about um, things. It's it's their own history, half yeah. the time, yeah,
0: about their own history because yeah. they, we don't teach it in schools, and it's it's not a priority, and it's not something that you need to know as mm-hmm. as a Euro you know person. So right, yeah, and it's it's the same position that non cis het people are put into and Mm -hmm. of of having to yeah act as educational sources right which often means act as sources of
1: discomfort for people which isn't their fault and isn't a position they want to be in right and Joey writes about like how he just how he decided to do it was to talk to them kind of you know in the middle of the podcast first they do these like intros and talk about life and stuff and then they go to talk about the game and he says that you know he was filled with like adrenaline and rage and nerves and like gosh what a what a shit place to put someone into and like what uh amazing job he did kind of putting putting his words together to be articulate and like live in a discomfortable place for a while in order to take the time to educate people
0: while acknowledging the you know people on the receiving ends humanity and good intentions yeah which that's also important they're not monsters and joey in no way insinuates that they are mm-hmm. it's it's you the know, people
1: who made the game are monsters are monsters
0: yes those are monsters
1: what a <laughs> fucked up game that is yeah
0: so yeah my recommendation is getting in touch with your discomfort and appreciating people who are willing to go the extra mile to try and push the needle, oftentimes at the risk of their own happiness and well-being. Mm-hmm. Sometimes safety. To all of you out there who are often put in that position and to, even when you don't knock it out of the park, when you make the effort, get on
1: ya. Yeah, absolutely. Make it. Yes, Amber.
0: Do you have a
1: recommendation? I do have a recommendation. Um, my recommendation is called Watchmen. It's a superhero drama on HBO. It is um, kind of taking the events that happened in the comic book series and looking ahead about 30 years from the events in the comic book and um, addressing what happens in a world that has seen some shit. Um, It focuses on of racial tensions in Tulsa Oklahoma there's a white supremacist group which is essentially the KKK and um how they've attacked police officers and now police officers wear masks and some of them are kind of essentially become superheroes um so yeah I mean Regina King is the kind of main focus um uh main character in this series and she's just a joy to watch i mean like her performance is just amazing um it also has um don johnson jeremy irons and lewis Gossett jr in it um and a lot of other folks and and it's it just super well acted it's super interesting it can be it can be a bit of a rough watch um because they're dealing with racism and white supremacy and the kkk um so they do it very well the acting is amazing um but it might not be just a fun watch Ew! it's gonna make me think about things yeah i know right no yeah i'm sorry reality is hard enough yeah agreed pickle jingled through the entirety of that yeah so that's my recommendation accompanied by pickle jingles the entire way Pickle jingles. Through. Yeah, she added her own flavor to it. <laughs> Good. Perfect. She
0: has strong feelings about the Watchmen and race relations as well. I guess so. So Amber, we've done it. Yes, Megan, we've done it. Well, goodbye, Megan. This has been fun.
1: So, ending as I always end, Amber. Yes, just like you always end. I would like to say... Yeah, what do you got this time? Other than pickle jingles. <laughs> Mostly pickle jingles. I would like to say, Party Rock is in the house tonight, Amber.
0: I see. I see. Party rock is in. Uh uh-huh. huh. Yeah. Yeah. You couldn't help yourself, could you?
1: Nope. Yeah. You didn't end fast enough.
0: Yep. That's on me. I. That is on me. Mm-hmm. And I take full responsibility for that. Good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. Yep. But I'm no sorrier for anyone than I am for myself. I get the most of my own sorry. Bye, everybody. Wee. Bye, Amber. Bye, oh. Megan.